0: Hey, I'm Kate Otten, tight end at the University of Washington, and you're listening to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast.
1: Hello, and welcome to episode 79 of the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. We have a full house tonight with Bennett, Omari, and myself. Uh, make a quick noise, guys.
2: Uh, I, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah, let's get to it. Um, Man, I'm just still thinking about how last week's episode was so different than the one 2 weeks ago. Just such a contrast in times. Regardless, yeah. uh episode 79. Uh, we're going to start off. We're still in this sort of doldrum of the off season right now. Doldrum part of the off season with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, we're just going to get right into injury news, which is never
0: Wait, uh, can you define that word?
1: Doldrums? Doldrums? Have you not heard the word doldrums before?
0: Doldrums? No, I haven't.
1: Doldrums not. definition. Doldrums are spelled D-O-L-D-R-U-M-S, uh, a stage or period of inactivity, stagnation, or depression.
2: Mm. Hey, I like wow! That. I where did
1: it was in a book. I don't remember what. I'll have to remember it. We we read it in middle school. That's no big words. We shall continue. Uh, injury news. Uh, John Ursua. You remember him? He's still with the team. What? Uh, he tweaked his knee a little, and that's why his lap lack of. Uh, minicamp participation has been the way it was, but to be quite honest, we kind of forgot that John Ursua existed. Uh, Pierre Olivier Lestage has a sports hernia surgery, uh, which will also keep him out of minicamp. Marquise Blair is being protected a little bit by the team following reconstructive knee surgery, so he's good to go. They're just being safe with him. Uh, and D. Eskridge, yeah, your first-round pick? Wait. Nope. Second-round pick. Pardon my language. Um, has a this is in air quotes. This is Pete Carroll. Alright. Uh, a big toe injury that is keeping him out of camp.
2: Now, it oh, means big toe. Like, the toe that's big.
0: Or is it like a big, like a major toe injury? The latter. Oh. Turf toe? I that really was, hope not. The um,
2: a pretty big deal.
1: The, the, the uh, air quotes are around big, not big toe. So, That'd be kind of funny if it turned out to be his big toe that was hurt, but it, from what it looks like, it's one of his toes has a big injury. So um, the trend of the high draft pick for the Seahawks getting injured or dealing with uh, injury related things seems to be a trend here, not a trend that we like. Um, so keep an eye on mostly Marquise Blair and D Eskridge. I highly doubt that we see a guy like Jonas making an impact for this football club anytime soon to be quite honest, but Hey, I'm okay being proven wrong. Um, but Diasbridge and Marquise Blair are two guys that um, will make an impact on this football team. And Marquise Blair was making impact before his injury last year. Um, team notes and things around the league. Uh, the Seahawks signed tight end Dominic Wood Anderson in and wave running back BJ Emmons. Uh, left tackle Dwayne Brown is in attendance for minicamp, but is pursuing a new deal. Um... Quick thoughts. What do we think about that? Because consider taking into account the offseason and Russell Wilson, as well as, uh, you know, the the way that Dwayne has played and the importance that he brings to that blind side. Uh, I mean, and considering the cap that this team has, what are we thinking about a new deal for Mr. Brown here? And we're going to throw it to Omari first, because uh, I think it's I know he was on last week, so we're going to throw it right to
0: Omari. Uh, I don't really see it. I don't. It just sounds difficult, you know. Yeah, no, like at this stage, because don't we start to figure out a whole another situation with? Yeah, uh, like, and we will like, get to that here in a we'll second. Talk about later too. So it's just, I don't know. I don't really see because it. I mean
1: I'm sure if you are a cap wizard and you spread it out, it could be fine. But, um. I mean, I mean, Dwayne also holds the ball in his court to an ex- extent considering that, I mean, he's a guy that protects the blind side of Russell and he's been a leader for this team since he was acquired from the Texans. So um, I'm sure he's got that leverage, but also considering the lack of money that there might be for him.
0: But I feel like we also have to take into account that he showed up and that kind of means a lot. You know, you mm-hmm. see people who respectfully hold out, don't show it, because they deserve to get paid. They mm-hmm. deserve to know what's going on with their future. If they're putting their lives on their, not their life, but their health. No, I mean, to an extent, you know, some yeah, of these injuries. Their
2: livelihoods. I mean, you can look at somebody like Earl Thomas, who's just completely dissolved after his injury.
0: Yeah, so, you know, I feel like that really says a lot, that he he showed <laughs> up like, the relationships at a point where uh, they can, uh, you know, maybe I wouldn't be surprised if he was on the team.
2: Now, Earl Thomas might not be the best uh, example. I wouldn't say that his
1: injury said that. I don't know if that injury is what stopped his career, but...
2: Let's just say he would have been really into O'Day's brotherhood slogan.
1: Ah, right. But your point on Dwayne Brown Bennett.
2: Yeah, I, I think that... I actually kind of disagree because I can see it happening. For the most part, because, you know we got that Dixon deal restructured that got us four mil extra in cap. And I honestly think we let KJ walk. There are more important things to be addressed. And we have, you know, our first round pick from 2019, uh, basically bench warming for the guy right now. So, uh, you know, you want to see more production out of Jordan brooks and you want to see more production out of your younger linebackers to begin with. And, you know, for KJ to leave, it's the end of an era. Don't get me wrong. But it opens up a new, the new era of Jordan Brooks, Jamal Adams, and a couple of these younger guys on the defense. However, it also opens up, you know, if you spread that money around, you can get Dwayne Brown back on a pretty respectable contract. And let's be real, he's a good right guard. He's also old. Hold on. Left guard. Tackle? Nope. Oh, yes. God. Thank you. Left tackle. Uh... And you know he's he's an extremely talented player. he's old though he wants to play a couple more years. will another team pick him up? will he have success on that team uh you know that that's left to be seen. He probably wants a championship he's still ring hunting and I think Seattle's probably his best bet for that um, I think no. we can-
1: yeah yes, Bennett, huh? oh, I was gonna save it. You know, usually, if you're a contending team, yeah, hopefully you've got a blindside tackle. You know, that would that would be pretty helpful. But um, I'm, I'm trying to think now. Who did did Kansas City sign somebody to be their left tackle? No, um, do they,
2: they have that doc?
1: Oh, oh wait, no, no. Duvernay-Tardif's a guard. Orlando sure? Brown could probably fit in at left tackle, but I think they're missing somebody. Hmm. Good point on Orlando, though. I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, I was I I didn't understand why the Ravens. That was weird to me.
1: Well, he didn't wanna. I think they had him playing right tackle, and he didn't want to do that.
0: Yeah.
2: Why did I why was I so dead set on DuRene Tardif being a tackle? Bizarre. I don't know. Anyways.
1: But um, I don't know. It's it's an interesting situation, and I'm sure it's not something that you it's helpful considering. As Omari was alluding to different contract situations that are on the team that we will get to here in a second.
2: But um I know why he was a tackle in college. Oh there you go. You got drafted as a tackle, you transition. Huh. Successful transition if
1: I learned some today.
2: Um yeah. Anyways, Pete Carroll.
1: Um, well, the next thing is that Cajun Wright door is reportedly not completely shut, but yeah. Um the issue is not money related, as more so the desire for Jordan Brooks and Daryl Taylor to take on bigger roles. I think this was mentioned last week, but that's just another report out of camp. And again, like Bennett said, it's, it was, it's, I mean, I don't think anybody here can attest to, you know, the impact that KJ Wright made and especially the plays he made last year. But uh, I'm sure that this staff does want to integrate both of those guys. Dale Taylor is a guy who, you know, was roaring to go last year. Couldn't go last year because of that knee and that leg injury. Um, And Jordan, Jordan Brooks was just kind of scratching it. Not even the surface. He was just kind of scratching um, at the end of the year there. So that's tough. Cause I know a guy like KJ in the, in the point of his career is not going to want to kind of take a back seat to those guys. So that's an issue that, um, to be quite honest, I don't, you know, as one of the only guy on this show to say that I was gonna hope that KJ came back or that I was gonna predict that he came back. It's it's at this point of the offseason, I think it's unlikely. I think that we're looking at like a to me, it's a 75% not coming back. So I I could be wrong, but it's also a problem that you know you know, trying to get younger or not even necessarily that trying to get these guys playing time. I don't.
2: Okay. Don't get me wrong. Like I want KJ back.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, we were looking at the likeliness.
2: I just, I don't think it's a likely thing. I said, I believe that the only way we're going to get him back is if he takes a team friendly deal. Now that seemed to be on the table, but he'd end up, you know, playing kind of a veteran second fiddle role.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And that's ah, not yeah. what he wants to do.
2: I get the reluctance there. You know, he's played his whole career pretty much overshadowed by Bobby Wagner, um, by media standards at least, um, which is ridiculous. They play different positions. People like <laughs> you, can, you can appreciate both,
1: and they complement each other really well.
2: Absolutely. Um, KJ Wright's like finesse is just it, it complements Bobby's like power and speed. It's just I don't know. They are really complementary, but. At the end of the day, if he walks, he walks. And I, I mean, he'll obviously be one of those players that I wish nothing but the best for.
1: So that is still a sort of question mark in the offseason for us. Um, at the end of the day, I guess we just, you know, we, we cannot stay in the past. Um, two different people made mini camp comments over the last week, one of them being Tyler Lockett. He commented on new offensive coordinator Shane Waldron. He said that he is really brilliant. Uh, the things he's doing are going to make us better. At the end of the day, I think we're learning now how to build our offense up so we don't have to depend on one thing. I, it's kind of a, the way the balanced offense goes. Um, whatever defense give us, uh, we're going to take. Speaking on the emphasis of short passing game that will bring more offense explosiveness, this, will still be there sort of getting away to what happened last year at the end of the year with um, playing into teams playing the deep ball and playing into what they had done and not really adjusting. Um, so the biggest difference in Walder's offense in regard to tempo was a faster huddle. Now, if you're a Seahawks fan and you pay attention to that sort of thing, that is interesting just because of – I mean, even last year, I think it seemed like um, there were issues getting to the huddle fast – so, I mean, that would be nice, but I have to see it first before I believe anything. Um, and then Lockett also said that he wants to be more of a threat after the catch. Uh, yards after catch will be an emphasis with Waldron as the offensive coordinator. Um, yeah, no, the, the, the huddle bit is interesting to me just because of how, I mean, I'm not saying this is Russell's fault, but throughout his career, he's had issues get to the line quickly. So, I mean, we'll just have to see about that. Um, Pete Carroll, you know that guy? He also commented on the other guy, offensive coordinator Shane Waldron, saying that he expects to get the ball out quick as a way of protecting Russell. Uh, says that players are impressed with Waldron, as you can attest to the different comments that we've heard about Waldron over the past few weeks. He um, said that this team will be a balanced Offensive football team, Uh, when we are at our best, we can run the football and be very explosive. Um, Alden Smith has been working out on his own as he's not physically ready yet to participate in minicamp. He is expected to be ready for training camp on July 27th. No information yet on the legal proceedings. Uh, Court date is set for July. Uh, Says that there is no need to worry about Jamal Adams and his contract. The organization has been planning an extension for him since trading for him in July of last year, I believe. He um, expects to see Adams in a Seattle uniform for a long time. I don't want to get this out there, too. The, the dude's not holding out right now. I, I know that the little guys over at CBS Sports have said that he's holding out for a new deal. It was put out there by the team that he was excused for personal reasons. So... <sighs> I don't know. I just think that's that's garbage when someone just takes any snippet they can get, and then they, then they turn it into some sort of drama. I know that's what sells nowadays. I know that's how you get clicks. I, I, that well, just
2: I mean, okay, you can be a quality journalist and still get people to look at your things. First off, I think I'm being pretty fucking generous by calling them journalists. Um, where. And I mean, pardon the swear, sorry. That was was maybe a little aggressive, but... I understand it, yeah. These people, they just throw stuff at the wall to see what sticks. And, like, it's whatever (laughs) is the most, like, abrasive title. Like, Russell Wilson says as a fun little thought exercise if i were to get traded i'd want to go to the bears maybe and they're like russell wilson's leaving russell wilson's leaving the seahawks to go to the chicago bears it's happening and everyone was like no it's not shut up no it's not i mean so, that's what
0: sports media does though Like, i, mean, get, I get
2: it and i get that's a practice but what a stupid
0: practice yeah, yeah. sure it doesn't make sense well,
1: I mean, to an extent, in the off season, it gives people something to talk about, you know, um, because I mean, relative. What, what was the big one of the bigger stories this off season was Russell Wilson and a potential trade talk. I know everybody in Chicago probably was getting excited to get their wallets out and buy a Wilson jersey. Very. So you know, I, I understand, like like you said, guys. You know, it's immediate media practice, but. Man, and it's it's even worse because there are people that get so convinced about it, and no, they then believe it's true. If you
0: and I mean, like, if, it, if, the sorry. second biggest story of the offseason is this whole Aaron Rodgers drama, too. So oh. And that hasn't even been resolved yet.
2: Now, let's hold on on that one. I think that's a completely different Oh, point.
1: well, yeah, to be fair, yeah, that's the, the
2: Wilson it. thing. Because, like, see, in my mind, the Aaron Rodgers thing is substantive because he said it himself that he's not happy. Like, he has stated that he is not happy with his current contract and his current situation in Green Bay. The Russell Wilson thing is completely different because outside of that one thing about the trade list that never materialized afterwards, there was nothing. And they made nothing out of nothing. Or they made something out of nothing. Now, you look at the Jamal Adams thing, which I think is even more ridiculous, where you have a guy like Jamal Adams say yeah i'd love to get my contract restructured because i want to be in seattle unfortunately right after he says that something happens in his family family emergency takes him away from camp for three days and the media goes wild diva diva adams acting out again oh the jets the new york
1: media oh god
2: The Jets know what's going on. Ooh, this isn't a good look for Seattle. This isn't a good look for Adams. Ooh, they should have leadership on the defense. First off, we have leadership on the defense. His name's Bobby Wagner. He's the best linebacker in the league.
1: <laughs> you think people would know about him by now?
2: Um, Yeah, the is not a super glamorous position.
1: Mm-mm. Even when Luke Keighley was around, I mean, you know, it's, yeah. I mean, Bennett, Bennett points out the New York media in particular, and, man, they, they get on some stuff um yeah just again i have no idea what the personal issue was i don't need to know what it was it's a personal issue yeah. so yeah to jump on that and to to make those claims and to say those things is just annoying i mean that's all it is is annoyance um and hey i mean if that's how you that's how you get your bread at the end of the day go ahead man i guess get your bread scraps but um it's just garbage i think it's just garbage and those who then Uh, piggyback that and continue to further that or even more garbage. So take the trash out. Let's keep moving. Um, Asked about a potential breakout player for this year. Carol picked Gerald Everett. That's an interesting pick. And I think that Gerald Everett is going to be somebody that, I mean, depending on his, uh, depending on his level of play this year, could be really add another offense and add another element to this offense can Considering that the tight end position's kind of been a wild card the past few years, I mean Will Disley is somebody who really showed out in um, the 2018 Bennett or 2019. Uh, 18, yeah. 18. I really had some great flashes, and then the the injury. Then 2019 and the injury. So you know, even in, in 2020, that was such kind of a that was a weird position. Considering it was Hollister and Olsen and Disley, and I mean, I mean maybe a little bit of Kobe Parkinson as well as disley so um Sprinkled
2: in there too
1: who
2: sprinkle a luke wilson in there for the first yeah
1: <laughs> and see and luke wilson so you did carousel there at the tight end position um gerald everett's a guy that has shown some great flashes athletically and um i don't even think how old is gerald everett i don't think he's that old i would say I mean, 26 i mean will Disley's not old either but i mean greg olson i'm still not happy with greg olson no not saying anything about his son congrats to his son on getting that surgery set up and you know great that that took place but mr olson made some comments after the after the season and not happy about yeah, that
2: not a, not a personal uh assault on greg olson but no
1: just the comments he that he, handled,
2: he made yeah how he handled this uh postseason was a little ridiculous
1: um but That's everett you bud how do how do you guys feel about that potential breakout player? I mean, that's that's certainly an interesting pick, and depending on how he fits into this offense that Waldron brings, he could he could have a pretty decently large impact. I mean, if you take um, at least Lockett and Mr. DK Man on the outside, and you've got a guy like Gerald Everett that they're at the tight end position working on linebackers and safeties, that again, that could be a third element of the offense.
0: Whenever I hear someone predict a breakout player, I always think of LeBron saying Kyle Kuzma was going to be a breakout player this year. That's like well, always my first thought. But uh, I think Gerald Everett definitely has the potential to really see like a lot of success in the Seahawks' offense, especially with the new offensive coordinator. I wonder what he's going to do with that. And I feel like that's also going to be a major factor in how they play him and use him as a piece. You're mm. already just talking about rescuing the ball out more. You know, this it's just going to be interesting to see how it all is going to work, you know? Oh, difficult. yeah.
1: And I mean, to your point, like you're saying with Waldron, I mean, they come, they are just coming from the same team. So they're going to have that familiarity and he's going to know how to use Everett. So, you know, to your, your point there and a great, sh- great shout out there. Um, it's, <laughs> man, don't get me excited about football season. Um, <laughs> How many months are we out now? Uh, 12
2: weeks away. That's
1: not even that bad. That's not even that bad. Three
2: months, pretty much.
1: Um, speaking of potential breakout players, uh, Carol said that Daryl Taylor has been a real highlight over the spring. Uh, said that Cody Barton is going to get every opportunity in training camp in the preseason to earn a role. The preseason would be primarily Cody Barton at outside linebacker and Ben burr Curvin at middle linebacker.
2: Okay, I like that.
1: Uh, resting veteran starter. So it does sound like – I mean – at least to me, in my eyes, the shift from three preseason games to four preseason, I mean, from four to three isn't that big of a deal, and it just sounds more like it will be more of a proving ground for some of the guys uh, battling for spots or uh, working on positional battles. So that'll be interesting to note, um, just considering, the, I mean, the newer outside linebackers that this team's going to have. Um, he also said that the team is hovering around 70% vaccination rate and that all of the Seattle coaching staff is vaccinated. Uh, Russell Wilson, that guy, your quarterback, he is reportedly happy with the Seahawks. Wow. Um, he is all in with the team ahead of the 2021 season, and he feels good about where the team is at. So that's interesting. Um, and well,
2: But he wanted to go to New Orleans.
0: but But he wanted to be a bear.
2: Remember when Russell Wilson, that rumor about him going to New Orleans was like a big deal and they showed that video of uh, the mayor Breeze running with like extra tires on his back or whatever to be like, wow, working. And then Breeze retired a week later.
1: He was like, yeah, I'm good, guys. I don't need to play anymore.
2: Actually, I think I'm good.
1: He's like, (laughs) Taysom Hill. No, I'm kidding. I think it'll be Jameis. I don't We get to see regardless about the Saints uh, in the regular season. So uh, I wonder if they'll have the quarterback situation figured out by then.
0: They will
2: play like, what, week five?
1: I think so. I think it is kind of early. Um, but it, it, is it a home game or is it an away game? I think it's a home game, which I'm happy with because I don't like playing in New Orleans. Um, but that's it for the team itself. Uh, around the league, COVID protocols are changing a little bit. Uh, For vaccinated personnel, they will not need to do daily testing. Masks are not required at the club facility or during team travel. No physical distancing is required in the club facility with other vaccinated personnel. No quarantine is required after high-risk exposure to COVID. No travel restrictions. No capacity limits in the weight room when all of them are fully vaccinated. They may eat in the cafeteria with other fully vaccinated personnel. See, when I put that in there, it was kind of weird for me to think that like cafeteria you know the just the word cafeteria like these grown men like a guy like like put a Ford sits down in a cafeteria at the facility i don't know the word cafeteria is just so synonymous synonymous to me with middle school so i'm like hmm but i mean it makes sense sorry um and then no restrictions on social slash media slash marketing slash sponsorship opportunities they may use the sauna slash steam room and they may interact with the vaccinated family slash friends during team travel. So, for non-vaccinated personnel, they are requested—I mean, required—to test every day. Masks are required at club facility and team travel. Uh, must remain physically distanced from other uh, in the club facility. Must quarantine after high-risk exposure to COVID. Travel restrictions are in effect. Uh, there's a 15-player limit in the weight room. Players must be physically distanced in the meal room. I would only like how it goes from cafeteria to meal room. Why is there a difference? Um, They may not eat with teammates. No, no, no. Staff must grab and go. No meals in cafeteria for them. Uh, No social media marketing sponsorship activities are permitted. May not use the sauna steam room. No sauna for you. Uh, May not leave the team hotel to eat in restaurants. May not interact with anyone inside a team traveling party during team travel. So, I mean, I just kind of simple stuff um if you happen to know what Cole beasley said about these things um it doesn't sound like cole will be partaking in any of the vaccinated activities get your shots please um don't get me started on Cole beasley i don't even want to talk about it um Let's get to our baseball! Yay, baseball time!
0: Yay, baseball! Manor. Amari is
1: our biggest baseball fan.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the managers really uh, kicked ass. Just they did, did. You know what? They actually really, did. They, they, they did. They, they, they fucked the Rays' shit up. No cap. That Three. was a lot of swearing. You're just
1: using your swear quota right now, huh?
0: Three I mean, grand I, I'm slams. I'm excited. Obviously, it was really good to see the managers really just get a get a nice little victory, and you know, I feel like it really boosted morale.
2: How many? How many games did we win?
0: The whole series. That
2: yeah okay good job yeah that's true.
1: Let's get into that series and the other ones before it. Uh, June fifteenth versus the Minnesota Twins. The team would win ten and nothing. Pitcher of the game. Pitcher of the game. I guess that works actually because it was Chris Flexen with eight innings pitched, four hits, zero earned runs, and eight Ks. Bennett's favorite pitcher. I split it with player of the game, uh, left fielder Shed Long Jr. with two for four in his at-bats, two runs, and three RBIs. June 16th versus the Minnesota Twins, they would lose 7-2. to two. Sad face. Player of the game, first baseman Ty France with one hit, one run, and one RBI. June 17th, pause for celebratory birthday win. The Tampa Bay Rays, uh, the team would win 6-5. to five uh I gave out three players a game maybe I was feeling generous um it was kind of a big night left fielder shed long with two hits one run and one RBI I split that with DH Luis Terenz Luis I got it I gotta apologize a little bit I remember during this game after his first hit they showed uh, a graphic that said vote Luis Torrens all-star and I I looked and I said who in expletive expletive would vote Luis Terrens for the all-star game and then Luis hit a home run later so I'm sorry Luis I am and then so let's preface this we go into the ninth inning four to five the Mariners are winning they give up a run sad face we go into extra innings they don't give up a run in the top of the tenth. in comes Kyle Seager and they play Iron Man in the stadium <laughs> cannot imagine how cool that was to see this old man. I, I apologize. This young man come into Iron Man off the bench uh, with the game game winning opportunity, and he he hits a walk off single, and the team beats Tampa Bay, uh, AL, you know AL conference leading Tampa Bay in the first game of the series. That's great and all, but we shift to June eighteenth versus the Rays. The team would win five to one. Uh, again, I split the play of the games here. Yusei Kikuchi comes out, goes seven innings, four hits, one run in the first inning. Uh, in six Ks, you say has a, had a great year. His velocity has been up. He's gone pretty deep in the games and he's, he's performed really well. Um, things are just working really well for Yusei right now. And to be quite honest, I don't see this team not picking up his option. I really think that's, and I know that it's four years and it's going to be a decent amount of money. But I don't. I yeah.
2: I have like completely 180 on that. Remember at the beginning of the season, I was like, absolutely not. He's been <laughs> so mediocre. Like this experiment has just not worked. And at a time, at the time, I was like, we literally just got this guy because he's Shohei Otani's like old high school rival. Like we just, we just got him to get into Shohei's head whenever he played him. Uh, obviously, it didn't work because I think Shohei hit like an absolute monster dong off of him. Um, but. I mean, he's really shaped up this season. He's really right the ship. And if he can stay like this um, next, I mean, for the next rest of the year, I think he gets his option picked up no problem. If he wavers a little bit, I think there's some questions in there because we have some younger guys who are, uh, you know, starting to super supersede some of these other guys. But as of right now, I totally agree with you. We got to get this guy back on the team.
1: And I think I think at the All-Star break, we should really take a look at the things we said uh, leading up to the season just because some of the things
2: so I look so dumb
1: I mean it's tough you know some it, it, it is tough so we'll, we'll have to revisit that uh what but are you also,
2: wrong about Rafael Montero
1: don't get me started um and then the other player of the game I had designated hitter I don't know why I said it like that Ty France with three hits two runs in that game June 9th no June 19th uh versus Tampa Bay the team would win six to five in ten innings and win the series there the game shortstop JP Crawford one hit two runs four RBIs hit his is first career Grand Slam uh, and he scored as the winning run in the 10th inning uh, scored by Mitch Haneker. Um so so it, I mean three games in it was already pretty electric I mean walk off in the first game a four run lead in the second game and then a walk off in the third game there with um, a pretty similar score then we get to June 20th, Sunday, Father's Day. Oh, also, on uh, June 19th was Juneteenth, and the Mariners played in their Seattle Steelheads uniforms. Uh, the Steelheads were around for, I believe, a month um, in the Negro Leagues. I have to shout out Bob Kendrick for that because I'm pretty sure he helped me on that. I thought they were around for half a season. I believe it was only a month. They played in Sixth Stadium where the old Pilots played. out in. If you go to the Lowe's out on Rainier,
2: six stadium baby
1: they there's a little like metal statue of a baseball player and that's that's like the only remnants now which is terrible i think i think this there's a sign there that says six stadium but still
2: uh there's a sign there it's like barely even visible yeah
1: it's like thanks Lowe's. you guys are great um but i mean i, I know that jp and chad long mentioned it but i agreed with it i think that they should keep the seal uniforms i think they're pretty cool um There's a rumor about uniforms that I can't say, Um, but I know that they look bad. I think they look better than the other city uniforms that teams have. And I believe that if you made them one of the mainstays of the uniform cycle that you could sell them and you could donate the proceeds or a portion or whatever would be sizable for the MLB as well as the Negro Leagues. Um, You could donate the portions to the Negro Leagues Museum and you could donate them to charity. I I I
2: I don't know. I mean, obviously it's a good idea. Obviously it should happen, but But
1: I mean... corporations don't always agree with good ideas because it doesn't seem financially viable to them. So, just an idea. Just an idea. But I think they're cool and I think it's a shame that they weren't a sale for retail cuz I would have bought one. So, uh June 20th, Father's Day the fourth game of the series against Tampa Bay, who is a 43 and 30 record. The team would win 62 and in 10 innings clear the game left fielder shed long junior one hit one run and four RBIs. The game winning grand slam, his first career grand slam, his first home run of the season. Um, his ninth. This is the ninth game winning uh, grand slam in team history. The last by Richie Sexton in 2006, I believe. Um the team records three walk-offs and four game series against the Tampa Bay Rays. Um man. Uh I've been a fan of Shed Long since 2019. So for just to see him come back and perform the way he has has been great. But also, I mean, in in the first game, well, in the first game of the series, uh Justin Dunn came in and pitched two innings, I think which is kind of weird. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Um, two innings. Uh, Luis Torrens is a home run in that game. Kyle Seager comes and walks it off in that game. June 18th, Yusei Kikuchi pitches a great game. Mariners win by four. June 19th, uh, J.B. Crawford hits a grand slam. The team walks it off thanks to Mitch Haniger uh, in the 10th inning. June 20th, they win 62 off a grand slam by Shedlong Jr. in the 10th. I mean, and and we're seeing uh, increased capacity here and we'll get to that here and again in a second. Um, but man, what a series. I mean, really. Um, and I don't usually give them a credit, but Seven Ten ESPN Seattle kind of raised a question. It was one of their articles. It was, is this a turning point for this ball club? Now I find that to be a little interesting of a question, just considering how long an MLB season is, Right as well as th- things like the injuries that this ball club is dealing with right now um, and has dealt with throughout the entirety of the season. But man, if there was a turning point, I'd have to be thinking something like this. I mean, you say Kikuchi is, you know, hitting on all cylinders right now. Chris Flexion, I mean, outside of the Padres start has been hitting on all cylinders. Logan Gilbert, a younger guy has pitched well. I don't care about the runs the other night. He's pitched well. Uh, Marco Gonzalez had a better game uh, on the 20th. He had some struggles, and I admit his season had not been the greatest. But yet, I, I mean, what, Bennett? He gave up two runs last game?
2: Yeah. That's had, not horrible.
1: He had a solid start.
2: Serviceable season so far. It's not the greatest, but, I mean, it's not like a travesty.
1: Yeah. A, at age 26, J.P. Crawford seems to just be hitting his stride. He has the highest defensive war in the league. He has the most uh, runs saved in the league at shortstop. He should be an all-star at shortstop, but I don't know. Those voting things are difficult. Um, And he's really, I mean, what, he leads the team in batting average now uh, at this point of the season. Mitch Haniger has 16 home runs this year. And, I mean, despite guys like Vladdy Jr., who I believe has like 23, and that's just ridiculous, Mitch has been playing great. Center fielder. Uh you're dealing with some injuries with Kyle Lewis. But if you look at the rest of the outfield, guys like Jake Fraley has stepped up uh this season. He really has. And I've been a critic of his and he stepped up. Taylor Trammell, He he's young, but he's dealing he's he's dealing with some some issues at the plate. But again, he's young and I'll 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 defend him on that hill. Um I mean, Jake Bowers, a guy that you just acquired, has a plus 300 batting average since you acquired him. Ty France has a 1.7 war for the season. And as a guy that's been a hit machine can fit in at first, second or third base, as well as DH second base. I mean, who's been, has it been Dylan Moore mostly? Yep.
2: For the most part.
1: Dylan Moore has has played pretty solid this year and he, he had a good year last year, but shed long has also come in uh, and can play that second baseman role. He's been playing left field lately. But Shedlong, as we just mentioned with that uh, walk-off Grand Slam, Shedlong has been playing better since his rehab assignment to Tacoma this year. Shortstop. I already talked about J.B. Crawford. I don't need to talk about him anymore. Third base. Kyle Seager has been a better Kyle Seager that we've seen. Would it be a travesty and a shame to see him leave? Yes. I understand that there's value in that. But I would hate to lose him. Pitching. I've already kind of gone down the pitching list. The bullpen. For the most part, the bullpen's been solid. Uh, closer. Um, catching situation. If Luis Torrens can continue to bounce back and have a year similar to what he had last year, that's not bad. And you've got a guy named Cal Raleigh stirring in Tacoma. So with me going around the ball club Bennett, um, to go back to the main issue, what do you, what do you think about the idea of this series against the Rays being a turning point for this ball club? I, it's a little um, difficult to say, you know?
2: Yeah, I have a hard time saying anything was a turning point in the baseball season unless you're...
1: Uh, I mean, unless we're even looking at it after the fact. because we.
2: Exactly. Unless you're about to go into the playoffs, quite frankly. Uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to be... Optimistic about a team that doesn't necessarily have a lot going for it in terms of the injury department. It doesn't have a lot to go with... Um, I mean, the hitting on the team. I mean, it's we're trending upwards, but is that enough of a trend? Can we really base that trend off of one series? I don't think so. But it makes me a lot more positive for next year. And that's huge if you're a Mariners fan. Because next year... In your head right now, if you're, if you're paying attention to what Depoto says, and you're paying attention to the team stats, and you're paying attention to the farm system, so on and so forth, next year is still supposed to be a pretty destitute season. But you watch this series, you watch Kikuchi fire on all cylinders, you watch Flexin, a guy who will probably stay with the team for a while now, firing on still all cylinders, Logan Gilbert. All these guys doing really well, specifically on the pitching side of things, which is probably more of a question mark than hitting going into this season you you start to get kind of excited, cautiously excited, still excited. Hitting. We're trending upwards. I'm more concerned about pitching, quite honestly, because of the injuries. I want to know what the special sauce is. Like, what is what is getting Flexin and Kikuchi and even Gilbert to start this forward march against some of the tougher teams? It, it is... It's kind of a head-scratcher because going into this year... None of these guys were either established or all that great. So to see them evolve as it continues on, obviously it feels like the emphasis has been placed on pitching. Um, But at the same time, it's like, it's concerning because again, a lot of injuries on the pitching side of thing. And for our batters, uh, not the greatest numbers. But with both of those things trending upwards, I think you have a lot of positivity for the next season. This season, I don't think you can put your finger on a turning point. If we, you know, absolutely go on a tear for the next 10 games, we go 8-2 and two in the next 10, I can look back at this race series and go, absolutely, that was a turning point. But, you know, only time will tell.
1: I think that it was, you know, it's a good confidence booster, and it's almost a shame that today was an off day. But, I mean, I think he earned it. Um, but. Yeah, I think it's tough to really call anything a sort of turning point, considering one. I mean, we're not even at the All Star break yet. I think we still got a couple weeks for that. Um, so, is it is it a good point? I think it's a good point. Um, like what Bennett was talking about, this is hope for next year, and I I, I need you. I don't need to repeat myself. I've been saying that for. I've been saying that for a good amount of time. People need to have patience with this rebuild because, you know, it's not, it doesn't just come overnight. It's not, that's not how these things work. Um, but yes, I think that it was a really good series. Like Omari said, they did win the series. Um, and man, it's been exciting. Um, and it should only get more raucous as I have to get to that point first. I keep getting ahead of myself. Uh, Players of the week. I think for me, at least it was clear cut who it should have been. Uh, Taylor Trimel, no, shortstop JP Crawford, uh, last seven days. He's got 30 at-bats, 10 hits in those 30 at-bats, six runs, two doubles, two homers, six RBIs, 18 total bases, um, a 333 average, a 3-3-3 OBP, a 600 even slugging, and a 933 OPS. For the season... He's got a 2.3 war, a 73 hits, 34 runs, 17 doubles, 5 homers, 29 RBIs, 105 total bases, 24 walks, two stolen bases, a 281 average, which now leads the team, a 341 OBP, 404 slugging, and a 745 OPS. I think JP's there was some talk over the offseason to move on from Mr. Crawford. I think I thought that was ludicrous. Shout out to Luda. But I, I think it's been proven now that that was ludicrous. Again, I don't understand that talk. But yeah, Bennett, who do you got?
2: I got to give it to Shedlong. Because I always go for the glamour players. And he honestly is this week's glamour player. Uh, a walk-off. I mean, you can't get much better than that. A walk-off Grand Slam. Come on.
1: That's pr- pretty cool. Um yeah. has he had a good week. He had a good week too. So I don't think that's uh a hard thing to pick. I think we should have Amari explain to us what war is and we should have him do all like the really difficult yeah. statistics like expecting batting average, W-H-I-P Yep. Us or... Um
2: yeah. I
1: talk to he... us about OPS and slugging. We'll give that to Amari next week. Uh got you. Stat, uh
2: Salisbury Stat Breakdown Corner.
0: That's
1: that'll be the official name, Salisbury Stat Breakdown Corner. I like how you've got two S's and then you just change
2: Salisbury Stat. Salisbury Stats.
1: There you go. You don't oh, even yeah, have to good. do anything else. Um. So the team sits at a thirty-eight and thirty-six record. Two games above five hundred. Third in the L West and. What's this? They said fifth in the AL wildcard standings. Damn, that's crazy. So, uh, injury news. Um, Not so fun. Justin Dunn has a... uh, Fun, Dunn, get it. Has a shoulder strain. He will not throw for a two-week minimum. Uh, There will be no surgery required as there's no structural damage. But, as Bennett mentioned, injuries to the pitching staff are not fun. They're not nice. I mean, imagine if we were at this point and we had a guy like Paxton and I mean, if we had our guys just say, say we turned injuries off if we just had our pitching staff healthy. Obviously, that's not the name of sports. That's not how things go. So, you know, Uh, June 20th, uh, Eric Swanson, who has been dealing with a groin strain, is scheduled to throw a bullpen. Uh, Then we'll head down to his rehab assignment with the Rainiers. He will throw live BP with the Rainiers um, and then move on to rehab assignment games. Ty Franch re-aggravated a wrist injury in the 20th. I believe, you actually, you could see it because Ty came up the shed, And when Ty went down, you could see him. Oh, no, I think that was... Uh, I think Ty was in the ninth inning. And when Ty went down, you could see him grab at his wrist. If he were... I don't know. Did you see that, Bennett? I did not. He, uh, he, he went down... He got out and then he was grabbing at his wrist in pain. Um, so that's not good considering that he was injured uh, with an, a, a wrist injury. Uh, so he was scheduled to do an MRI today, which is Monday, and check that out. So mm-hmm. hoping that that's nothing too serious, but it's uh, it's not looking good, and especially considering the injury that Spalco has already dealt with. So hoping for the best for Mr. France. Uh, we all love French people here. so. Uh, team related news. t mobile Park will return to full capacity starting on July 2nd. The Seattle Mariners have received permission from the state of Washington and King County to return to full seating capacity at the ballpark beginning on that date. Um, on July 2nd, fans will see different changes in the game to experience. No social distancing or vaccine only sections. No required proof of vaccine or negative COVID tests required at Gates. Masks are not required for fully vaccinated individuals, but should be worn by unvaccinated fans. I guarantee you they're not going to mandate that. I guarantee that. I will just say that. I can't say anything else. Uh, all kids areas will be open. So Bennett, the playground will be open. Yes. Um, all areas of ballpark, the pen and Trident Deck are reopened to all fans. Miner um, season ticket members. That goes out to you, Omari. We'll have a priority window to select locations for all remaining games. Once that is completed, tickets will then be available for single-game buyers starting at June 24th on the at 2 p.m. Uh, at marriage.com slash tickets and at all team stores. I will just say that if you go to the team stores in person and buy the tickets there, you don't have to worry about uh, fees from Ticketmaster or StubHub. So that's kind of convenient, but it's a little tidbit um so yeah we're getting back to full games and i know once june 24th hits you can buy tickets for any game at any point of the season so start planning your giveaways start planning your uh, pitcher and cup set night your bucket hat night uh tote bag night um i know there's more but that's the point is that games are getting back to where they were uh june 18th um some different roster related things. Uh, Johan Ramirez, a right-handed pitcher was recalled from AAA Tacoma in response to Justin Dunn being placed on the IL 10 day IL. That is Uh, Jose Godoy was optioned to Tacoma. Uh, Kyle Lewis was transferred to the 60 day IL. So those last two and Justin Dunn and Kyle Lewis being transferred to injury list is not fun at all, but I think we're at a point with the outfield where we've got guys that will be able to step in with Jake Fraley, Trammell, Mitch Haniger, a guy like Shed Long has been playing in the left field. Even Jake Bowers has been playing in right field. Um, where they'll be able to pick up some slack. Obviously, it won't be Kyle Lewis because Kyle Lewis is pretty good. Um, but it does hurt. Uh, and a quick little Mariners infield fact. The infield has the highest war, um, fielding war, that is, with 3.3 among AL infields since the start of June. Higher than the Toronto Blue Jays, Houston Astros, and Oakland Athletics. So that's pretty cool. I mean... And a guy like Evan White's not even on the team right now. And I forgot to mention Evan White. Mr. White, I am sorry. Evan is down in Tacoma right now. Um, so when Evan's back and his, his oh, well, I should have mentioned that Evan White's been in Tacoma on his rehab assignment. And the plan for him is to effectively do what fans have wanted to happen and get him some more at bats in Tacoma and really get his swing situated and put in the right position um, you don't really necessarily want a thing like Mike Zanino where you've got a home run or you've got a strikeout. So you want to be able to hit the ball consistently and hit it at a major league level. And that's no dish on Mike. Mike did hit a home run against us this series, but um, he could have been better hitting than what he was considering that we messed up his development. So that is the reason that the gold clover is down at Tacoma right now. So you've got Kyle Seager who won a gold glove. You've got J.B. Crawford who won a gold glove. you got Dylan Moore slash Jake Fraley slash Ty France, which no, uh Shedlong. I'm sorry. Take Jake Fraley out of there. He doesn't play second base. And then first base has been Ty France, Jake Bowers, and then eventually Evan White. So pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. Uh something that I don't think has affected the Mariners. Uh MLB began pitcher checks this today on Monday. Um man if one of our guys gets caught um it would kind of like,
2: be the funny guy like justin dunn or somebody who's been kind of struggling
1: it's like man uh the, the mlb began checking for foreign substances after they've pitched and closers before they've entered games that will not stop the play of the game it will be conducted you know pre-game before for closers and in between innings, uh, Jacob deGrom, if you know baseball, you know who he is, uh, was asked to his, present his glove in between innings, and he was clean. So for a guy with a .5 average, uh, no, a .5 ERA, that's pretty damn good. Um, no, .05, my bad. I always forget that there needs to be a zero there. Um, so I'm coming for these guys. They've got June 22nd and 23rd at home versus the Rockies, and then they begin their road trip. Um with a three game slate versus the White Sox, uh, in Chicago, 25th, 26th and 27th of June. Um, Homs Seattle Homs has your back in the loving big brother kind of way. Our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. I know that, uh, I believe that shorts are coming up. I believe that Homs has some shorts coming up. They will be, Homs will be at the miles Gaskin football camp. So they will have a pop-up and I know that it's not exclusively to the, uh, the young ones at the football camp. So there will be some Miles Gaskin football camp exclusive Homs uh, merchandise out there. So um, I believe it's on the Miles Gaskin football camp page. I know Miles Gaskin has that out there. Uh, so I would check that out and go check out what they got because it's always really cool to see the sort of exclusives that Race and the team have uh, cooked up heading into our Seattle Sanders football club. Uh, they played one game uh, coming off the international break on June 19th at the LA galaxy on the road. They would win two to one uh, player of the game. I split it here just between the two goals. uh Yamar uh, Gomez had a header goal in the 41st minute and Raul Rui Diaz had a goal in the 49th minute. Pretty solid win there to continue your undefeated streak for one, as well as just to come off the international break, uh, even missing some people Uh, knew who was a pregame scratch due to a left adductor strain. So that's the only sort of injury news that there is to report. And I mean, also to get back, you're still undefeated despite not having your first goalkeeper and your captain and Nico Ladero. So all this winning, man, I can't take all this winning. Sorry. Um, Team related notes. The Sounders have not allowed a goal in the active run of play. If you don't know what that means, it means that, The the four goals that they've given up have all come off of penalty kicks. Wow. They've all been penalty kicks. Okay. Um, All penalty kicks. I think there's one set piece goal there. I think there's one. I think one's a corner, but that's the point. They've not come during the active play of the game before stoppage. They've all come out of the run of play. Um, Six wins, three draws, zero losses, 16 goals scored, four goals allowed, none in the run of play. That's pretty pretty damn impressive, considering the fact that, again, you're missing Stefan Fry and Nico Ladero. So, hey, man, success is success. Um, attacking back, uh, Abdul Daye, Sissoko made his MLS debut from the Tacoma Defiance uh, after New Who was a late scratch. And Shane O'Neill returned to the lineup in that game against the Galaxy. Um, speaking of Mr. Sissoko, who was part of the Tacoma Defiance, the MLS announced the launch of a launch of a newer lower division league in 2022. It will be used to develop and elevate younger players. Uh, the USL affiliate Tacoma Defiance, as I just mentioned, will leave the USL and then join the new MLS youth league. Um, so that's kind of interesting. It won't, it'll be interesting to see how that affects them, but it's, it's mainly geared towards being akin to what the G league is uh, for the NBA. Um The league will begin in March and conclude with playoffs in the fall and a championship match in early December. It's basically the schedule will run similar to the way the MLS season does. Um, So record-wise, the Sounders now sit still undefeated, a 6-3-0 record, first in the Western Conference, first in the MLS in points, um, and undefeated. So that's pretty cool, man. Uh, June 23rd is their next game at home versus real Salt Lake. And they will play another game this week. Uh, June 26th versus the Vancouver whitecaps. Um, Seattle storm. Hey, they're pretty good too. Uh, June 15th at the Indiana fever. Uh, they would split play two games against the fever this last week. Uh, they would win the first one, 87 to 70, uh, put of the game, Brianna Stewart forward 20 points, 12 rebounds, five assists, one block and a plus 15 plus minus. Um, June 17th at the United Fever, they would win 79 to 69 Uh, for Brianna Stewart. Again, 21 rebounds. No, 21 points, 15 rebounds, kind of close three assists and one block in a plus 11 plus minus. Um, Stewie continues to dominate, but this is a fever team that was one 11, one and 11. So, I mean, this was, these were two games that the storm were expected to win. Um, And they did. So, No injury news, which is always good. Um, I kind of always want to avoid looking at injury news for our teams. It happens, uh, especially with the Mariners. But you know, it's always good when I see when I see my injury news notes blank. Uh, Team notes: Uh, Brianna Stewart was named the Western Conference Player of the Year for Player of the Week for Week Five. Her third honor this year for player of the week with a 20.5 points per game, 13.5 rebounds per game, and four assists per game in week five. Um, Three members of the storm will be part of the U.S. women's Olympic basketball team. Brianna Stewart, Drew Lloyd, and Sue Bird will all join uh, team USA. Uh, Sue Bird will be chasing her fifth gold medal. Um, So all the luck to the U.S. Um, I know that's coming up here pretty soon. Um, And we'll hit uh, Olympic break. Um so the team record sits at a 12 and 2. They are first in the West and first in the league with a 0.857 win percentage, five and two at home, seven and oh away. So think about that. The two games that this team has lost have been at home, uh, which is kind of interesting considering it's not necessarily home, but it'll do for now. They have a five game win streak, which is tied for was tied with Las Vegas and Chicago. And 9-1 and one in the last 10. So the Storm are hitting on all cylinders right now. Um, even... No, not really. Nobody's really out right now. Um, knock on the woods. Um, next game is June 22nd versus Washington Spirit at home, which is Pride Night. June 27th at the Las Vegas Aces, which is a rematch of the finals last year. And the last team that the Storm lost to. So that'll be a game to pay attention to. Maestro Athletics. Maestro, I know that they're teasing. There, my Astro Athletics hoodie slash crew neck. Yes, there will be two styles of the crew neck and the hoodie. So, if you want to do crew neck, you want to do hoodie, you can do either one. That's coming up soon. I do not have a definitive date for you. Um, Seattle so Kraken hockey people, uh, team news. Uh, Rick Tochette is reportedly had a third meeting with a Kraken for the head coaching gig last week. Three meetings is kind of more than a lot. Um, and you kind of think that that might mean something, but at the same time, well, I don't know. We're kind of getting late in the, late in the month. And if you remember what I've said the past few weeks, the storm have the storm, the Kraken have said that they're going to hire a head coach by the end of the month. So that is something to note that Mr. Toshette has had the three meetings with the ball club, ball club, the puck club, I don't know.
2: I'd just say a team,
1: the organization, um and jt brown joined the team as an an analyst he joins kraken as a tv color analyst after announcing his retirement from playing the game of hockey he played with the tampa bay lightning anaheim ducks and minnesota wild he was undrafted and played from 2010 to 2021 so welcome mr brown for uh welcome and excited to have you as part of the new franchise he will join uh with Root sports as Root sports does have the viewing rights to the Kraken, which is kind of convenient to have everything in one spot. Not even, not necessarily everything, but a good amount. Um, I mean, they acquired the Trailblazers. Too. No, Bennett, no. You can't count them. Um, so, coming up pretty soon, teams will have to start thinking. of. I'm sure they've already been thinking of it, but the teams around the league will have to think about who they want to protect from us. Our grubby hands, who we're gonna take her on their team. Um that's coming up in July. That's a month away from now, is the expansion draft, July 21st. So that's pretty interesting um and exciting. Uh all rain. And I I I talked about winning. I have to take that back for right now. Uh June 19th at the North Carolina courage, the team would lose two to one. Uh, put of the game would be a midfielder Jess Fishlock with the one goal. She had a really nice uh chip goal against Carolina, but North Carolina is a, a good club, and I know that we drew with them last time that we played. But North Carolina is like I don't know if they said that the most successful team in the NWSL, but they let me get let me get this right. Um, give me one second here we go here we go they oh where to go oh shoot i had it here they won the 2019 mwsl championship the 2018 and the 2017 ones so my point being is that they've had a pretty good run in this league in the last few years um and they just they've been a powerhouse with jess mcdonald um especially this year oh so ND, NWSL Shield winners in 2017, 18, and 19, and NWSL champions in 18 and 19. So my point is they're good. Water break. Big
0: gulp of water. Big gulp of
1: water. Um, injury news for the 19th match, uh, Allie Watt with a right knee injury, Karen Bardsley left thigh season-ending injury, which is not good. Rose Lavelle with an ankle injury, Kelsey Hedge with a right foot injury, and Rosie White with an illness were all out for the June 19th match. Uh, one second again. My throat's dry, man. It's hot here, too. Um, Rose Vell, that injury is a little bit concerning, considering her injury history. But um, I know that she took herself out of the U.S. Women's National Team game as a precaution. So it, it should be fine, but it's something to note. <clears throat> and uh, Nicole Mamiki was out of that game with international duty. So best of luck with her uh, as she continues her international run there. Um, and we already know the entry notes for June 22nd match, the day that this is going to drop versus Chicago. Um, it's pretty similar. Um, Allie Watt, Kelsey Hedge, Rose Lavelle, Karen Bardsley, uh, and Rosie White. Uh, just looks like it's just remixed and Nicole Mamiki is out with international duty. So the team sits at one one and three. Uh they're ninth in the league with f- ninth in the league with four points. Um again though, this is five games out of 24. Um, so again, it's it's just about putting all the pieces together. I know that Sarah Buhati played in goal this game. Um, and Marazon played at midfield. So it's it's it'll be growing pains, but I think I think we'll see better things as the season continues. Um, as the team, excuse me, has a June twenty second match uh, versus the Chicago Red <laughs> Stars at home, and then their pride match on June twenty sixth versus the New York New Jersey Gotham FC. Again, Bennett, how do you feel about the name being Gotham?
2: It's weird. Still, even
1: Omar- Omari, what do you think about a, a a professional sports team being called Gotham?
0: I feel like you're not allowed to be trash.
1: They're oh well, let me look, let me look, let me look I, I don't of, think they're garbage, I think
0: they one second, give me a second, um I kind uh, of feel like a name after another city is kind of weird though,
2: <laughs> well, to be fair, Gotham is a nickname of the area,
0: uh oh well, they're fourth in the
1: in the the table, they're two, two, and one right now, I mean, that's not
0: horrible. Yeah. He's not horrible. 50%. That's failing. <laughs> I'm not passing college with 50%. Okay,
1: but this isn't college. It's is not college. All right. Um, no Sonics news. Probably won't have concrete news for them for a decent bit. sell Dragons. We won't have that kind of news uh, for another six months, probably. Um. Pac twelve and general college news. Uh, the twelve team college football playoff model has headed to its next phase. Uh, the expanded format will be re- will be presented to the college football playoff board of managers, and the approval could potentially be given to continue working on these details over the summer. Now, the AAC commissioner Mike Aresco said that the Power Five champions earning automatic bursts uh, in this new format is a enormous step in the wrong direction. Um, what do we think about that? I'm gonna shove it to Amari first. What do you What do you think about the expansion of the college football playoff, as well as what Mr. Oresco said uh, with Power Five conference champions earning automatic bursts being a step in the wrong
0: direction? Uh, I'm excited. I, I look forward to that. I, I just started watching college football like I think our senior year, so like three years ago. And you know, I feel like there's a lot of good teams out there that don't really get the opportunity, especially when it comes down to like third and fourth place. It's always shaky on who should be in third yep. and fourth. Yep. It's always shaky. You know, people every year people are complaining like, ah, this team should have been third or fourth instead of this team being third and fourth. You know, first and second are always solidified. They usually go undefeated. <laughs> but you know, third and fourth are always like shaky. So there's no more of that, you know. We see everybody who needs to deserve to make it in can make it in. And I think that's exciting. You know, it kind of does raise risk to the player's health. That's more games. I don't know if I like that, but I also feel like as long as players are willing to compete, because I feel like a lot of people, you know, there's two types of college players. There's the players who are there just to get to the league, but also the players who are there to win. I feel like, and I feel like as long as players who want to be there and want to win and are cool with that extra risk to their health and their potential, like, future, I think that's going to be exciting. I remember, who was it? I think it was Nick Bosa. I think he didn't play and they're oh game. yeah that's when we first really got to see chase young because he wanted to focus on going to the draft so like i wonder if, if that if we're going to see more of that with this uh with this expansion are we going to see more players sitting out of these uh extra games because you know at the end of the day it's just college and they're not getting paid so should they really risk it to go to the next level? Yeah, it's like yeah you get a ring, trophy probably a watch and stuff but like you know is it worth it then like going to the next level. So that's all I'm really worried about, you know. Honestly, that's kind of the, that's the thing that sucks cuz these guys can't really put their whole heart into it and compete cuz you know they got no guarantee of their future by doing that.
1: It's it's uh yeah, I mean you raised some great points. Uh Bennett, what do you think about both the expansion of the playoff as well as what Mike Resco said?
2: I mean, I'm not really in to um, not really into college football to begin with, you know what I mean? And it's interesting to see the pushback on something that will, at the end of the day, <clears throat> excuse me, really like attract people to the sport and attract people to watching the sport. And to say it's a step backwards, uh, to me, is just doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, you can make this a national phenomenon more so than it already is. And, you know, the college football scene is changing so much. The NCAA is changing so much right now, especially with, um, I think, Senate just passed something about letting them get paid. So, I mean, there's a lot of movement in there. And to give them the freedom of having more teams in the playoffs it could be a revenue building thing for the entire company of not company, but the entire association and it can attract new fans. And, you know, there's just a, a million ands with this idea. The only thing I think I agree with Omari is that, you know, injuries can be more prevalent, but I mean, if you, if you do some manipulation with the regular season length to account for postseason lengths, uh, playoff length, it's not a huge deal and i think it'd be something that would make it a lot uh a lot more exciting league you, right now as it stands i don't care who wins between alabama and clemson who give, who cares it's the same two teams who cares uh you get the odd lsu in there who cares you know it's it's like but you put in 8 teams there's an upset oh my goodness suddenly everybody's watching so i don't know I've said it before. I'll say it again. This is a good idea. I I don't think it's a step backwards. If anything, I mean, you should be looking at this like it's a rebirth.
1: Well, more so the uh, steps in the wrong direction comment, I believe, was made at the Power Five champions earning automatic bursts. I don't know why Oresco had a problem with that, to be quite honest.
2: Okay. Well, any, I mean,
1: I don't even know who's in the AAC.
2: Because why would that be – how would that be a step Exactly.
1: I think he's just – okay, to uh, to be fair, does anybody know who plays in the AAC? No. Because I don't.
0: Let's just look Uh, at – Clemson.
1: Oh, shit. You're kidding.
2: Let's see here. I mean, like – Oh, no, no,
1: no. It's Cincinnati, Texas – what the hell? Sorry. That – ECU, Tulsa, SMU – UNC, oh, Tulane, Georgia
0: Memphis. Texas. No,
1: no, you're throwing up. This is the wrong name. You're thinking of the A C C. What did you say? A A C.
0: Oh, what the fuck is that?
1: Exactly. Um, it used to be the Big East in
2: 2013.
1: <laughs> um, University U C F, Cincinnati, Eastern Carolina. Houston, Memphis, South Florida. The
2: idea is that the the head of each Power Five gets a berth. Yeah, that's, that's the idea. Why? I mean,
1: I mean, it's probably they... because their head would be Dookie trash. I don't know.
2: The AAC, the AAC isn't a part. Of the Power Five.
1: Someone's just upset.
2: The AAC isn't a part of the Power Five. <laughs> The Power Five is the ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac Twelve. Oh,
1: because what? They're probably their money. Their money grubber was uh UCF. Remember when UCF was like they thought they were hot stuff?
2: Yeah. yeah so so I mean, this isn't.
1: So it's how are you going to hate from outside of the club if you can't even get in?
2: Yeah, exactly. So you look at like the pack. I mean, these are the these are the leagues you pay attention to. You don't really mm-hmm. pay attention to Mid American Conference. Nope. I mean, Cincinnati and Memphis aren't. Ter- not terrible, well, they're not terrible. They're not going to contend with like even Oklahoma. Like it, it's
1: Mark. What's his name? Spencer Rattler.
2: It's Spencer not- Rattler. I
0: hate him.
1: Why? <laughs> Why?
2: Oh, that was oh. a hard line out of nowhere. <laughs>
1: I have no problem hating anything that comes out of Oklahoma, but uh, what well,
0: are your? The time that he comes out of Oklahoma is like his a whole ego persona. Oh just... yeah. Hate him,
1: there seems to be some things with egos and some quarterbacks from Oklahoma. I mean, to be fair, Baker Mayfield's kind of toned it down a little bit, but
2: love Baker mayfield he period. had
1: a wild year that year at Oklahoma, yeah,
2: he, and he also toned it down when he got into the n f l and now he's doing better now that yeah he...
1: so good for, him. Good for him he got a lot of commercials, but he had a good year last year
2: I think he has live sports
1: um And the other thing of news for the college was what Bennett alluded to was that the Supreme court ruled that the NCAA could not stop students from receiving education related benefits, which is interesting. Um, And there's a lot of bills, but bills don't do everything in the world. And they are just proposed bills. They're not even like full put into play bills. So uh, the PAC 12, the PAC 12 reportedly will explore changes to football uh, scheduling and divisions as the college football expansion talks continue to move forward. Uh, there are preliminary discussions to eliminate divisions for one. So there'd be no PAC 12 North and no PAC 12 South um, as well as dropping from nine conference games down to eight during the season. Uh, and, but these changes are reportedly months, if not years away, but they're definitely spurred by the talks about the expansion, as well as I'm sure that there are other conferences discussing certain things about how they could best get more money out of the playoff. So yeah, a lot of news around the playoff for now, but I mean, there's not too much going around for the Huskies. Um, we're not in the college world series right now. I know that huh. um, it's just off season for some of these guys. So yeah, uh, had some Seahawks minicamp news, had the Mariners had a good week. Like Omari said, won a series there, um, Sounders won the only game they played. The Storm won the both games that they played. The Rain lost the game they played. Uh, Kraken, some news. I mean, Color Analyst is nice, kind of fleshing out more of the organization as a whole. Um, outside of that, you know, I can't complain with uh, the success that some of our ball clubs are having.
0: It's and it's week. always...
1: huh? It's been a good week. Yeah, I can't complain. So, I want to take the time to thank everybody. Um Interviews every Friday, uh, weekly shows every Tuesday. Omari is our baseball guy. Bennett's our hockey guy. Uh-huh. We're excited to continue to do these things for you, um, and as well as I want to, I want to thank these guys for taking time out of their day. If you don't know, both of these guys have different writing gigs, um, so when you don't hear a certain voice on the on the show, they're more than likely busy doing something. Um, sometimes Omari. It's too Hollywood for us. It's okay. Omari's doing big things.
0: Um, oh, just, articles.
1: <laughs> so, you know, uh, it's always cool to get a whole whole show here. Um, and to do these sort of things. Is it's, it's always makes it better too when they win games. So um with that being said, we will be back for you on the I believe it's the 29th, It's next Tuesday. Yes, it is. Um, but since Omari is back, we need Omari to tell us his favorite song that's out right now.
0: I really like this song by this artist named Tempest. It's called Say No More. I was thinking about writing an article about it. Uh, it's really good. It's really good. It's really good. It's like a Say No song. More by Tempest? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So the artist found earlier today. Really liked it.
1: That is Omari's pick for his current song. And um Bennett,
0: yours. Freestyle. Oh no, man. we're not <laughs> maybe maybe we can have him do that next week. Uh nobody knows this, but we warm up for the podcast by all freestyling except for Chuck. I don't Check and smiles. And it's, by it's we do work. that,
2: uh, we did it for the first time today.
0: Yeah. It's a new thing though. It's gonna be consistent. It's gonna be consistent.
2: Um, I've been listening to a lot of Corday. Um <laughs> So I uh, I really like Thornton Street from his little album teaser. It's probably my favorite off of that uh, little six song teaser. So uh, I've been listening to that a lot lately. And that's my fake answer to sound cool. I've been listening to a lot of Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, I what? Mean, yeah, I listen, guys. I am a theater major and I, <laughs> I do, like I listen to musicals sometimes and I'm not happy with it. I do like Cordae a lot, though.
0: So was very excited for the return of Logic. He was telling me about this earlier.
2: <laughs> no, I know I'm not. <laughs> I don't like Logic that much. I just thought it was wild that he's coming back.
1: Wait, he's coming back? Yeah. He's coming out of retirement.
2: I think he's doing Rat Pack 3.
1: He he realized you're like, man, that was kind of early. Uh,
2: well, I think he realized that his last album was a banger. So he was like, I better come back. Huh. I'm uh, still but, waiting but I will for say, Logic, his G Fuel flavor pretty good bobby boy boysenberry
0: that's a thing yeah. that cannot be a thing that had oh
2: it's real fun. i'm sorry look it up
0: bobby boy boysen and... <laughs> i'm still waiting
1: for kendrick right. lamar to drop more music it's I'm not ending this till i find out if this is real or not I'm sorry
2: look up bobby boy boysenberry
1: <laughs> i'm kind of disappointed that that's a thing and that you said that
2: uh it's good wow
0: that's crazy. <laughs>
2: I uh, I didn't drink it tonight. Tonight, my drink of choice was uh, Tetris Blast G Fuel. It tastes like pink Starburst. It was delicious. All
1: right. We should, we there's you, I'm to there's been too much talk about logic for the night. So with that being said, we will be back on June 29th. And hopefully Bennett doesn't have any boysenberry. We will see you all later. Bobby, <laughs> No. No. have a good rest of your night yeah, we folks
0: gotta we got to end it.
1: baba Bowie.